0: Thank you. Campfire.
1: Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin.
0: Episode 96. Missing at the Edge of the World. Alaska remains one of the most unsettled and unexplored states in America, and is known as the last frontier. Roughly 2,500 people go missing in the area every year. One particular area in the far western part of the state is known for many strange occurrences, and is the site of the majority of the disappearances. Timothy Smith, a state police officer in Nome, Alaska, was tending to his normal day-to-day activities when he received an unexpected call from Tracy Buey, a clerk from the city courthouse. She expressed her concern for her colleague, whom hadn't shown up for work that morning. The last she had heard was that the man was going hunting for the weekend, but he hadn't answered or returned any of her calls. Smith checked the local records for any missing persons reports being submitted over the weekend, but there weren't any. After disconnecting the call, he proceeded to ask his colleagues if anyone had seen the clerk that Buey had called about. Unsurprisingly, two other officers recalled having seen Balderas' car parked near Mile 44 on the Nome Council Highway. Smith then decided to follow up on the tip and phoned Bowie to let her know before grabbing his keys and making his way out of town towards mile 44. As he approached the mile marker, he could see Balderas' truck parked just up the hill. Smith exited his vehicle and checked the parked truck. To his surprise, it was unattended and secured. He then proceeded to call out for the man, Balder! His voice echoed throughout the area. Regardless of how many times he called the man's name, Balduris! he was met with no reply. After returning to the truck to check once more, there was no obvious damage, nor any tracks that led away or to the vehicle. Smith stood there surveying the area and looking for any signs of the missing Balderas. Something about the situation felt all too familiar. He radioed in for additional officers on the scene to assist in a search. Armed with thermal cameras and search dogs, they quickly arrived on the scene. Officers are on the scene. The dogs were led to the truck and were able to gain the man's scent. However, they proceeded to track a little further down the road before coming to a complete stop. The handlers tried to get the dogs to continue searching, but they remained sitting on the exact spot that they had stopped. A few yards ahead sat another abandoned vehicle sitting in the middle of the highway. The group found themselves completely baffled. Nothing about the scene made sense. It was as if the man had completely disappeared from that very spot. It has been six years since Balderas left on a hunting trip and has never returned. The search was ongoing for five months, consisting of numerous law enforcement agencies and emergency services, and costing thousands of dollars and many man hours. However, there was never any clue to the man's whereabouts ever found. Twelve months later, he was declared legally dead. Balderas was a well-known and respected member of the community. He was known to be in good health with no mental issues. At the time of his disappearance, he had been making plans to marry his fiancé and move to Juno. No one has been able to come up with any possible reason why he would have disappeared by his own doing. Additionally, there was very little evidence that he had even left the area where his truck sat. Despite the true mystery regarding Bulderas' disappearance, this is just one of the many similar cases to confuse and upset the citizens of Nome, Alaska. Nome was originally settled at the start of the 20th century. Word had quickly spread that there were significant gold deposits lying hidden in the ground nearby. Many fled to the area hoping to get rich quick and bask in the fortune of the area. Along with many adventurers and prospectors, various businesses and services were also established. Over time, the residents of the area began to leave, due to it no longer being rich in gold deposits. Despite the decrease in residents, the area remained an important transport and trade hub due to its isolated and remote location. For years, there have been rumors of unexplained disappearances in and around the area, mostly relating to its native population. By the 1990s, the overall scale of the disappearances became clear. At the time, at least 30 members of the town had seemed to disappear or vanish under mysterious circumstances. Disappearance cases are common around the world. Despite 30 cases in 50 years not seeming to be a large number overall, the fact that Nome has a population of less than 4,000 residents puts this number significantly higher than the national average. The people in the community complained for years that they felt that the local police weren't doing everything that they could to look into each missing person's case. They campaigned for additional resources and assistance, It wasn't until the summer of 2005 that they were finally successful when the mother of missing man Eric Apatiki had petitioned the state attorney. Apatiki, 21 at the time, had been visiting Nome from nearby St. Lawrence Island. His friends and family had tried to warn him against traveling to the city due to the amount of missing persons cases that had came from there. However, he was persistent in his want to visit the area. After not arriving home, Eric's pregnant girlfriend alerted his family. They immediately formed a large search party, searching both land and sea in hopes of uncovering any clues to his whereabouts. Unfortunately, nothing came from the search, and they were left with only questions. After reviewing the case along with many others like it, It was handed over to the FBI, whom proceeded to conduct a thorough review. They attempted to tie the cases to possible homicides. However, the lack of any apparent evidence of foul play allowed them to rule it out. They then profiled each case. It was found that most of the victims were male and had frequented local bars or had been drinking to excess amounts at the time of their disappearance. Due to the flat land and harsh conditions of the area, they had most likely died due to exposure after venturing out of the city and into the surrounding area. However, due to the lack of any remains being found, their questions remained unanswered. Despite the ongoing investigation into the area, disappearance reports have continued until as recently as the summer of 2020. A local woman by the name of Florence Okpilic had been camping on the beach near the city. Many of the local residents had seen and talked to her during her stay. However, on August 31st, her tent was found unattended, with her coat and her shoes neatly tucked away inside. Additionally, no damage or any sign of foul play was found. An extensive search immediately began, including the use of cadaver dogs and remote underwater vehicles to search the waters that bordered the area. The local police also conducted over 100 interviews with Thakpelik's friends and family, and anyone living near the beach. Hours were spent scouring local CCTV footage from nearby cameras, along with her cell phone data being handed to the FBI for further analysis. Despite the aggressive search, no one was seen either entering or exiting the city limits during the time that Okpilic was last seen. The area around her tent was thoroughly searched. Surprisingly, no traces or tracks suggested that she had passed through the area. To this day, her case remains an open an active missing persons case. In 2009, the city became the subject of a very public controversy over a viral internet campaign launched by Universal Studios relating to the Mila Jovovich film, The Fourth Kind. The movie is set in Nome, Alaska, and attempts to tie the disappearances to wider UFO activity reported within the state. A series of fictional cases claiming to be genuine and originating in Gnome were posted online and instantly gained a large amount of traction. This caused an outrage amongst the families of those who were involved in the real-life incidents. This led the studio to eventually release a statement clarifying that the cases featured in their online campaign were actually fictional. In an effort to make right of the situation... They also donated a large sum of money to the local community as a way to apologize. Despite the uproar that Universal Studios caused, it was also able to highlight the overwhelming number of UFO sightings in the area. Despite the company admitting the stories published were a work of fiction, many believed that the extraterrestrial involvement may be the actual reason for the missing persons' cases with the disappearance of two brothers from Wasilla as proof. On June 4, 1999, 15-year-old Michael Palmer had been riding his bike home with a couple of his friends after attending a party in Meadow Lake. Despite his efforts to keep up with the other boys, he began to fall further behind. After realizing he was no longer with the group, the others circled back to look for him. To their surprise, he was nowhere to be found. The next day, a search was conducted to look for Palmer. His bike was found near the little Susitna River. A little further away, his shoes were recovered lying on the ground at a nearby landing strip. However, the boy was never found. Eleven years later, 30 year old Chuck Palmer was a part of a group riding their snowmobiles to a cabin near the town of Talkeetna. Just as his younger brother had done before him, Chuck began to fall behind and became separated from the rest of the group. Despite their circling back to look for him, they were unsuccessful. This triggered yet again another widespread search for the man. Eventually, Chuck's snowmobile was found unattended in an open, snow-covered area. There was no trace for the missing driver, and the area around the vehicle was found completely untouched. There was nothing to indicate why the vehicle sat where it did, or any footprints to suggest that the man even left the vehicle. It was as if he had simply vanished from the exact location he sat. In addition to the suggestion of alien abduction, numerous other paranormal explanations have been made regarding the Gnome disappearance cases. However, no real proof or evidence has been uncovered to suggest any possible explanation. To this day, Gnome Alaska remains shrouded in mystery. Its population continues to dwindle, and the questions and concerns made by its remaining residents continues to intensify. We may never truly know what has taken place there, and can only speculate at this point. But it continues to be the home of some of the largest amount of disappearance cases in America, due to its population and land size. Welcome, campers, to Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. We are your hosts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh it got me i'm sorry
0: you ready to debrief this shit
1: (laughs) yeah yeah let's do it here's the debrief all right sweet welcome back campers yeah welcome. surprisingly
0: enough we have jordan along with us today
1: i am alive i am alive and well (laughs) well i'm alive (laughs) still working on the well yeah you'll get there dude i love this story I'm not yeah, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna I just wanna jump right in. Like, I'm I'm excited. This is like I get obsessive over like missing cases. Yeah. It's one of my favorite subjects ever. So I, I was real I was really stoked about this one. I'm still waiting on your missing four one one cases. I know dude. I was just on um oh um Spooks Creeps and Assorted Devilry. I just did an episode with them about missing 411 yeah um a couple weeks ago it's it should be coming out soon nice but it made me really want to to get the uh into thin Actually air get it going going yeah. on mm-hmm. patreon yeah because i i even talked about it on the episode like that it's been a project in the works for a long time and it's I'm, something
0: <laughs> i mean i i made the artwork for it like literally over a year I ago <laughs>
1: i know dude and i have the thing is i have several episodes like written i just have to make them yeah like i just I have mean, to like sit down and yeah. really make them do it yeah
0: get it going I'm, figure it I know,
1: out i know I, i'm know. I gonna have to i'm gonna have to yeah but yeah i'm i'm excited for this one honestly a few of the cases that you covered in this story remind me of missing one cases yeah Oh, yeah, lot. I mean, yeah, like that. They, they have a similar. lot of the little like criteria mm-hmm. that David Palides talks about. Um, one in particular that like screamed missing four on one to me was the Michael Palmer. Yeah, the kid who like because he just falls behind and he's gone. Well, it's he's it's just the like, same way for it him goes out of sight and his and brother, vanishes. right? Yeah, yeah, which makes it doubly weird, right? Right,
0: and that's where a lot of people tie alien activity in with with those those particular right. cases because they're literally the same case yeah one's on a bicycle and one's on a snowmobile which i feel like it would be really hard to lose somebody on a snowmobile you would think right because they're kind of loud
1: that's true i <laughs> mean but if they're all on that on yeah, snowmobiles then, right, you know yeah. you're not really gonna hear other snowmobiles true Like you would if if you were just walking around
0: three or four people, it's going to drown out everything. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. But yeah. Yeah. With the, with the one on his bike, I mean, he's struggling to keep up with the group and all of a sudden he's just gone.
1: Yeah. That's, it's bizarre. And a lot of those like UFO people, right. They talk about how the stuff tends to, the experiences tend to run in the family. Yeah. Right. Like, which is another reason why they would, you know, see this and think like,
0: Oh, well that's just brothers like 11 years apart right right and the fact that it's almost the same situation yeah the same circumstances setting right exactly
1: yeah it's weird that's what man
0: that's what i i thought was really strange about it too is like i mean first of all so with michael You have his bike being found, uh, so what, his bike is found in the middle, uh, what, in the middle of a field or something, and then, not only that, but, like, his shoes are found, like, over by a landing strip, like, an airport landing strip, and for anyone that doesn't know Nome, Alaska, there's no roads that go into it. Right. It's, right it's essentially an island
1: that right. you know there's like old. a spider web of privately owned roads that go out to like residences and like hunting spots right. and yeah. stuff like that but yeah, there's like there's no road that connects odd, it to other
0: cities on random roads that go out into like just nature basically um yeah. but yeah it's like as far as surrounding cities anything like that i mean it's all done by planes or boats yeah and that's how people even get there
1: there isn't even an official passenger shipping lane to get there like it you have to go in and out by plane if you're coming from other cities unless you're like a cargo ship right that's yeah it's it's very remote yeah it's a very remote town i mean it's and this is a place keep in mind that like summer lasts a couple months and other than that you're literally talking below zero temperatures for right. the rest of the year yeah it's, not to uh, mention that it's night nighttime like 1 a.m dark like seven months out of the year. Yeah, from between twenty four hours around the clock.
0: Essentially between November and March, it's common to have temperatures well below zero, uh ranging from negative ten to negative fifty five degrees.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which is, this is the kind of shit where like the town literally freezes.
0: Yeah. And the thing about like, this town is is it's also very flat. You know, surrounded yeah. by all this like rugged terrain and everything, the town is very flat. Like you know, I mean it's like right
1: at sea level.
0: It, it just it makes makes no sense how they've had so many, you know, all these random missing persons cases.
1: But, I mean,
0: if you kind of think about the surrounding area, it would be really easy to get lost and yeah, sure. find yourself victim to, to the harsh conditions and not knowing yep. the area. You know what I mean? If you're out there in those type of temperatures for very long, you're you're fucked. You're done, exactly.
1: Yeah, there you don't you can't fuck around with that kind of below zero. Yeah. Like that's the kind like there's an old 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 Joe Rogan joke from a special like years and years ago that always sticks in my head where he's talking about he's discussing the weather in some part of northern Canada with a guy and he's like the other night it was 40 below zero. And he goes, "Is that Fahrenheit or Celsius?" And he goes, doesn't matter
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean so what would that be fahrenheit that'd be like negative 10 so negative yeah somewhere around there yeah Um, something
1: like that yeah but just like cold cold like the kind of cold that kills you no matter what like you have to be so careful in temperatures like that yeah
0: yeah i mean i think literally they ultimately
1: your skin exposed in temperatures like that can i mean you can develop like negative 40 negative 50 you're getting frostbite in 90 seconds instantly yeah yeah which is wild that's
0: where you get like you know like your nose starts running you get those snot stickle sickles like hanging out like yeah i mean that's
1: it's it's crazy yeah i mean we've had in the last decade or so we've had a couple bouts of like double digit below zero here in indiana that have lasted, you know, a couple days, yeah, or a week. Especially, I think like we had the one back in like, and, yeah, what was it like negative that's, yeah, thirty that's what I mean. or so?
0: A couple of years ago, yeah, something like that.
1: Yeah, I think it was like twenty. I want to say twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen. We had like a week and a half where, with wind chill, it was like negative forty for like that, a week and a half straight. Yeah, it was one of the one of the years like the
0: we had that ma- major polar vortex.
1: Yes. Yeah yeah and that shit was no joke dude oh yeah that like you had to like wrap your face up Mm. and all that to just to like go out to your car i did not leave my house during that time yeah like i completely avoided it i you know had kids and smoked cigarettes so like i remember i remember going out to my back porch like wrapped up like a mummy yeah and, like, trying to smoke cigarettes through the, like, <laughs> scarves that I had wrapped around my face. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. That's, so dumb. <laughs> that's rough. <laughs> Imagine those kind of temperatures for months on end, though. See,
0: like, dude, I, like, I
1: I I literally fantasize and flirt with the idea of
0: living in Alaska. I love it. I, I mean, I love the state. It's beautiful. I. Yeah, I mean, there's no way yeah. I could ever spend enough time there and just to like it's i I would absolutely love to live there and i mean eventually you get used to it it's just like living in those types of areas you know how to prepare for it you know how to like people are used to it it's just another day to
1: them right you really want to go southern coastal alaska though i mean well yeah like that's a completely different ball game that's yeah. that's another thing about Alaska, though, is people like people tend to same way with Texas, where people are just like they say it like one word means one thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like Alaska is fucking massive. Oh, I was gonna say. I mean, that like, like
0: the southern southern coast is like the only yeah. area I've been in Alaska. Like I've right. been in like Juneau and, and Sag- Skagway yeah. and
1: stuff like that. But yeah, it's yeah. very different. And, and you it, get
0: into like the yeah, northern It's like part, a completely it's...
1: different climate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, like, you're literally talking like, you're literally talking Arctic Circle. Yeah, right. Yeah, 100%. No, like, yeah, it's it's wild. It's it's crazy up there. I'm, I'm like, not talking about living the weather in that area. Is no joke.
0: Oh, I, but know, I would I, I would love to I would love to visit there one day just to just to like see like the Northern Lights and stuff like that. Apparently, yeah, go up in August. Apparently, uh, well, I, there's uh specific times of year um where they had like it's like the best time to go and i forget exactly like one of the best places but it's very 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 snowy it's like yeah. all year round it's like winter here and the worst winter um yeah but like apparently pretty recently we ha- like you were supposed to be able to see the northern lights from indiana um and i actually saw yeah, a couple I think people was- that posted pictures it- that like actually looked pretty damn legit Nice, but nice. I, I, I heard it was
1: super vague and like hard to pick out. I tried,
0: but, but yeah, I mean, i obviously, I live in the city, so <laughs> I just have yeah. surrounding city lights and stuff, which kind of sucks. But light that's, pollution—that's one of my—that's one of my one of my, so my bucket list items. Yeah, and definitely. I would love to see it in like a prime area to see it. Yeah, that or like go to like Norway or somewhere you know cool. I was
1: gonna say or go up to like Reykjavik, Iceland see it from see it from up
0: there that i mean that's like yeah that's legit you know i feel like we get to see even if we get to see it here it's like we get like literally the less than dollar tree version of it (laughs) like basically like the rummage sale version of the northern lights and like yeah yeah, that's not real
1: (laughs) right you just get some like shiny some salmon colors right somebody's hand-me-downs exactly get your like old fat cousins Northern Lights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah. not the way to go. No, it's
0: really not. You know, you want um, you want the legit experience. At least I do.
1: Iceland's Iceland's definitely on my bucket list anyway. Yeah. Like, so. To yeah, catch no, that'd, the, be, that'd be awesome. For the sure. Northern Lights while up there mm-hmm. would be a twofer. Agreed. Another thing that really reminded me of, of Missing 411 was in the Boulderis case, the first case that you talked yeah. about. Yeah, you talked about that's the That's kind dogs. of where the story takes place. Yeah, and the dogs... Yeah. They, like... The they, dogs picking up no scent? Well, they, they like, very grab a scent from his,
0: his, like, vehicle and, like, start to run yeah. and, they, like, literally take a few steps up the road and
1: stop. There's nowhere it's to go. go. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's very missing 411. Yeah, which... Like, that's, I mean, that, that's one of the main things that they talk about. Like,
0: I, I think uh, in situations like that, I'm like, alien abduction, man.
1: There's just... What else could there be? Yeah, <laughs> murder. I mean, yeah, could definitely be murder.
0: But like, I feel like there's still going to be some remnants of you know, like the the scent
1: of wherever mm-hmm. they move the body. You know, right? But they, if you like, pull the body out of the car, kill him in the snow, right, and then you just bury whatever whatever shit is left over from the. From the kill, in the snow, yeah, and then you just wrap that body up in plastic, toss it in the trunk, take off. Within uh, two hours of snowfall, there's gonna be no scent that you were ever there.
0: I don't know. I feel like know maybe I mean? like a cadaver dog would still be able to like
1: find at it least. It would probably hit on wherever it was killed, where the person right, was killed. Exactly. Yeah, but that wouldn't take them very far. You yeah. know what I mean? That's and if, true. Uh,
0: yeah, if it was right there. Also, in the middle if you of kill someone highway, in the
1: snow. You could get a fucking scoop shovel and just like scoop shovel up the snow that had the blood in it, and just toss that shit in the trunk too, right that's next true. to the body. If there's like,
0: anything I've learned watching Dexter, right, you know, especially <laughs> in the new the new series where he lives in like Maine or wherever it's at, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's true. I mean, but like that doesn't sound as cool. Uh, agreed. I don't want this guy to have just been <laughs> murdered, like
1: i honestly
0: case close
1: i mean not really there's a lot to a lot to unpack if it is a murder i mean of course yeah um but like i think the first time i heard about this story it was from a true crime angle and it was about like because there was a huge theory about a gnome alaska serial killer there was yes right that was like a big thing for a while Mm -hmm. um I think the FBI ultimately ruled that out, but, like, that was a huge theory.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was, like, that was their running theory for a long time, was it was was a serial killer. Um, And there's, I mean, there's claims, like, if you go online and search the case, like, there are people, like, people claim that there is this guy that was there in this, you know, at this time or whatever, um, and they committed all these murders, but there's no actual evidence. There's nothing that supports it. Um. Yeah, right. he had gotten in some extra, like, some trouble around the area, but like, yeah, nothing that actually supported him
1: having anything to do with any of this. And yeah, so, it's, it's a lot of circumstantial webs, right? Thing. Of course, yeah. Right. And that's yeah.
0: what the FBI. I mean, they they were they ruled it out pretty quick, you know. Yeah. Um. Just because there was the just due to the lack of evidence, there was really right. nothing that right. actually supported it.
1: The thing is, their explanation that all of these cases are drunk people wandering out and dying of exposure doesn't really make sense either, because there are people going missing who, a lot of these missing people, because they say things like, well, most of the people were, you know, fit young men having just left the bar. And it's like, but what about these 10 people that weren't that? Right. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And like the, I, what about this guy who was just on his way camping? Or this guy who was like out fishing when he vanished? Yeah. Or the woman who left her clothes and boots in the tent and disappeared.
0: Yeah. Like I mean, you know, she and out there, I mean, even even in August. It's not I mean, you're not out there in like, you know, swim clothes and just swimming in
1: the no.
0: the Baltic Sea. It is about freezing but, though.
1: Yeah, it is above freezing. It is above yeah. freezing, so like it's it's not really die of exposure type weather no. in August. No, you but know? the
0: fact that like all her her coat, her shoes, everything like nice nice and neatly tucked away. Like you know, we've, you know, we've talked about a lot of a lot of similar types of cases, like you know, um, yeah, just similar similar other cases where
1: like, like Dyatlov every, and stuff like I was, that. Well,
0: I was gonna say a Dyatlov, but their like their tent also kind of just got wrecked. Um, sure sure
1: <laughs> you know, so. but like there is Regardless, there is a yeah. thing here that that we talked about when we talked about die out love which is paradoxical undressing yeah right which is where people who are experiencing a hypothermia they tend to take their clothes off yeah because I mean, their their nerve endings become extra they like overcompensate for the mm-hmm. cold and they get super hot yeah. So they end up just like irrationally removing layers of clothing, which is a very I mean like that's a very real thing. Outside.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's just like yep. you 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 say you're outside shoveling your driveway in the dead of winter, and you you're sweating and like sweat. you're trying to take off your clothes because you're so hot, but yet at the same
1: time, it's below zero. Like yeah, your core temperature is plummeting and you just can't feel it. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So very very. I've done that, that. shit. I've i remember shoveling driveways when i was like a teenager and having like my dad come out and be like put your fucking coat back on yeah like this i know you're hot but like put the damn coat on Mm -hmm. you're gonna kill yourself Yeah, yeah so that that's
0: very real i mean that and that's a good you know that's a good possibility and it's not i mean again with it being above above freezing in this case like yeah it's not a stretch to walk out of the tent and not grab your coat at the time. Like, you know, maybe she hadn't planned to be out for very long. Yeah. You know? Maybe and she
1: just went to, like, take a pee in the bushes. Right. You know what and I mean? And got abducted and in the process. <laughs> yeah. Abducted by aliens or by a person. It. Yeah. That's true. Or just, like, slipped and fucking hit her head and got... Yeah. What is the wildlife like up here? So Do we know in, about that? I mean... They and around the
0: area, um, there are known bears and things like that as well. Uh, okay. so that, yeah, that was one, one thing I checked on, yeah. Um, a lot of people, of course, I mean, you know, I don't know if we want to get into the weird and everything yet, but you know, a lot of people like blame dire wolves, you sure. know, the possibility sure. of dire wolves, and of course, Sasquatch in the area. Um, you know, I mean, that's uh-huh. you know, always going to be a go to. Um, but yeah, I yeah. mean, there there are a lot of, uh, there are wolves and bears and stuff like that in the, in the area outside of the city. Um, yeah, they don't get a whole lot of that in, in town, but yeah, in the surrounding See, area. If
1: this if this girl got up, you know, like she goes to bed, right? She takes her coat or boots, whatever, everything's folded and nice and neat when she goes to bed. She gets up, it's a solid, you know, 45, 50 degrees outside she doesn't bother putting on her boots to go take a pee in the bushes right right yeah so she just goes to pee slips hits her head whatever with wolves in the area you may never see any sign of that body ever again
0: but there's like, gonna be honestly some trace of even yeah you would think so like clothing people miss things. blood um, you know like whatever yeah, yeah. at least I would, I would but, you know I would expect so
1: in a case like that but i mean you would think so but people miss the people miss stuff that's you true. know what i mean yeah and it it happens if she like if she fell and got hurt in like right up against a bush you know like a big a big shrubbery whatever mm-hmm. and got dragged off by wolves it could very easily get covered up by debris by you know what i mean yeah i mean that's that's true that's true she could just fucking van it could have just been predation mm-hmm. after an accident yeah and you which, just never see any sign of her again you know and and that's how i feel
0: a lot of these types of cases probably probably were you know
1: sure. um because yeah i don't lots I, of happenstance
0: the the whole like yeah they all these people seem to like to drink and like to go outside Like yeah
1: <laughs> just, yeah welcome to alaska right, asshole. yeah
0: you know like <laughs> i i feel like that's just kind of like a cop out way to just
1: uh you know yeah. place all this together i mean but, you're talking about a state filled with outdoorsy drinkers right yeah exactly like no fucking shit they didn't all go missing though did they <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, right well that's that's our next thing is so in 1999 there was a local uh, local band named uh, Lancelot Emergen. Emergen. Uh, he had went missing while making uh, the journey home from uh, Savunga to Nome, and okay. basically in the aftermath of his disappearance, his sister came forward claiming that in the years prior, he had been brutally beaten by police officers on numerous occasions. So this is where we get into a whole other
1: conspiracy possibility right
0: and this is okay. this is what a lot of other people believe as well all right and this is also kind of things kind of start to make sense a little bit i think so okay um you know a lot of a lot of her claims and everything were dismissed um but in august of 2013 investigators were looking into the murder of a 19-year-old uh, student a girl and they followed a long trail of evidence that led to a local officer by the name of Matthew Owens, um, and basically that he had been involved somehow. Short while later, uh, Owens tried to claim that he was ambushed and attacked, uh, you know, as in another case. And then it was eventually ruled that like he had completely made the whole thing up, and that he after that point he was then arrested and also charged with the murder of the girl. And so as they dove deeper into the police force, um, they concluded that, you know, Owens had used his role as police officer to basically abuse and intimidate uh, a lot of local women and and men in the area. And this, uh, this also led to a lot of further accusations against some of the other officers, too. Basically, that they were all in basically cahoots here. Um and just uh yeah using their their roles as officers to intimidate people and ultimately leading to a lot of murder cases. Shit. But I mean the only the only one that was actually charged was Matthew Owens, but he he did get charged for the murder of the of the girl the college girl. So that's where a lot of other people question like. Maybe this is somehow inside, like, you know, inside police involvement. Yeah. And a lot of these people are going missing due to that. And that's why nobody's able to find
1: anything. Yeah. I mean, that would make way more sense than I want it to. (laughs) Right. You know? (laughs) Yeah. But honestly, you have to remember how small of a town this is. That's true. And, like, police cover shit up, especially in small towns. Yeah. Like, they look the other way for each other a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. That is a, a fairly normal thing. That's like, when people think about corruption, they think like the NYPD and they think like mass scale bribery, and it's really the rampant corruption is in these like small towns where people are where policemen are looking the other way for each other over I mean, and yeah. over again.
0: You, you have a small, a small force, right? You know, like composed of maybe five or six different officers, couple others, yeah. you know, whatever else. And then, um, you know, whatever, maybe, maybe more than that, depending, you know, but yeah, it's easy for everyone to be like, Hey, like this happened, you know, if anything happens, you know, just, you got my back, I've got your back sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. And unfortunately it happens a lot. Like it, it there, there was this ongoing thing, uh, you know, what just last year. Um, in my city, where a couple of the officers uh, ended get ended up getting charged after years of police brutality, and yeah. they were all in on it together, you know, being uh, using and, like, excessive sexual force abuse, and stuff like that.
1: and yeah, oh yeah, yep. that's
0: and that's yep. a, that's another really, I mean, very, uh, I don't want to say popular, common but problem. another common, right? Yeah, common thing for sure.
1: Yeah, it really is. There's. And, you know, we grew up in a small town where even yeah. where that happened, you know what I mean? Where there have been like sexual assault allegations against officers and there, that shit oh, happens I mean, all I've, the time. I've heard
0: firsthand accounts of people, Same. yeah, getting pulled over and an officer like making a girl get out of a car and touching them, you know, like just, to, yeah, yep. and using, the fact just, that they're, yeah
1: shitty police officers even just propositioning yeah, yeah even just propositioning them as an opportunity to get out of whatever yeah, they were caught doing exactly you know and, then I mean?
0: like, and then they
1: refuse, and then then that's all the, everything's always yeah, turned back on booked.
0: them exactly
1: yep yeah, yeah it's, so small town corruption would not it wouldn't surprise me if that had a lot to do with what was going on yeah. here I, I agree unfortunately I
0: mean that you know just because of how common that is yeah. Would you know? And I, and I again, I you know the the officers here could be outstanding. I don't know for sure. Yeah, but obviously we know there was at least one that wasn't. Yeah, and where there's normally Absolutely. where there's one, there's normally
1: at least another.
0: You yeah, know, so rotten apples not tend to spread. Right.
1: Yeah, and. Like it should be said, like we have friends that are police and that work in the justice yeah, system, of and like I'm obviously this it's... is not like a an indictment on on policemen. No, no, right? not at all. It's it's shitty like,
0: police officers. It's the ones that yes. use their their power to get what they want or just to yeah. scare people, or you know, and, and that's not the way that you're supposed to be taking care of your community, not terrorizing your community. And that's why a lot of people are afraid of police, you know. Yeah,
1: and people like that make the like good and honorable men and women who are doing a good job look that much worse, without a doubt. That's unfortunate. Have to defend their position constantly. You know, it's it's, unfortunate. It is. It definitely is.
0: And you know, I, 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 unfortunately, it's not. It's not something that's going away. It's always going to be a thing you know it's you get you get put into a high like a higher power some form of higher power or uh authoritative figure become an authoritative figure or whatever else like yeah a lot of people let that go to their heads and use it in negative ways or you know let it
1: take over them and yeah it's it's hard to come back from yeah agreed
0: so that's a possibility you
1: know (laughs) a very big and heavy subject of course right but like It's it could definitely be a factor involved here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean I I think it's just as plausible as you know anything else in this case really. If not more. Right. Yeah, well true, true. You know, again, with it being this type of this type of case where we don't have the answers. We can only speculate, we can only theorize as to what's happened, try and piece you know, piece the pieces of the puzzle back together, you know, we're still left with ninety percent of it. Missing, Like, you know, we don't know all the details. We, like I said, it it makes it harder to kind of be able to place it together. But yeah, I mean, knowing that there are these things, there are these specific cases, you know, like it does, it does make it seem like that's, you know, that could, that could
1: be a definite reason or a definite cause of what's going on here. Yeah, agreed. Now onto a little more fantastical possibility we we have to talk about the fact that nome alaska is the northernmost point of the alaskan triangle
0: yeah exactly so as we've talked about other triangles before it the bermuda triangle the bridgewater triangle the bennington triangle you know it's uh yeah it is it's it's another it's another hot spot you know for for what it's worth <laughs> yeah. um and that's where that's where it, the the whole thing in 2009 when they were filming the fourth kind and it taking place yeah. in Nome, Alaska, and using these disappearances
1: and claiming them as as alien abductions, basically. Right. This is the same triangle, by the way, the same Alaskan triangle that contained all the Kashtaka sightings at the southernmost point. See? I mean, it's, it's, it's massive. Yeah. yeah. It's the first time we talked about the Alaskan triangle was way back in episode three. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't feel like it's been that long. I know. But it's, um, yeah, because like GNOME is a lot, right? And we're focused on GNOME. GNOME right. I mean, had we're had focused on Nome of missing is just for the amount of the amount of people within this
0: small community. Yeah. Over the exactly. years. Like it puts I mean, Alaska has it's like forty to one hundred thousand missing persons yeah. a year. Since nineteen sixty. You know, and putting it at the highest in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, when you like when you look at it like that, it really puts it into perspective.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does. Sorry. Um, no, I was going to say, like, we're focused on Nome, but Alaska in general, inside this triangle, mm-hmm. this Alaskan triangle, they have more missing people per capita than anywhere else on Earth. Yeah. Like yeah, which, I it's mean, it's a thing. Think even like that.
0: I mean, that's just even even more crazy. Nome again. Nome is focused just because of the small area and the small like land area and the amount of people. But Alaska yep. as a whole, yeah, we see we see more people disappear every year, and I mean, which makes a lot of sense. Given sure, with the wilderness, exactly, and a lot of it's still untouched. Yep. You know, it's yeah. it's it unsettled at this point. Like, you know, we you know yep. a lot of it is just rugged terrain and mountains and you know it yeah, and very, very low
1: temperatures and yeah, I mean it's it's and deadly predators. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it's insane. I mean, this is the same this is the same triangle that Granger Taylor went missing inside. <laughs> Dude, yeah. it's there's so much to Alaska. There is. And I mean, this is, and
0: I'm, I initially wanted to do this as a possible series of Alaskan stories because of how much there is to it. And I, th- I think oh, yeah. we still have the potential we can. Um,
1: oh yeah. We could come back to Alaska a hundred times. Yeah. There are so many weird stories. Yeah. And I, and I,
0: I wish like when we had done, uh, what was, I think it was the Bennington triangle episode where we talk like create it was like created the whole scene and everything that uh that i I would love to do with the alaskan triangle too like focus on specifically that um and everything kind of that it entails but yeah i mean because we're 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 hitting just the just the rim of it
1: yep yeah it's was bennington the one where the guy vanished on the bus or was that the Bridgewater Triangle?
0: Oh, man. I'm trying to remember. I, guys, I know. Like, yeah, he's sitting in the back of the bus, yeah. and all of his stuff is just it Disappears sitting. between yeah.
1: stops. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember if it's Bridgewater or Bennington. I want to
0: say it was Bennington. Yeah.
1: It's, yeah, might it's be one of them. might be incorrect, though. But yeah. It might be. I don't know. There are so it's many triangles. There's also the <laughs> There's Lake so Michigan many Triangle. Triangles.
0: Yeah. I mean, but there really are. There are. Yeah.
1: There really are. Yeah. I know. There's the Texas Dogman Triangle. Our friend Aaron Dees from Hey Strangeness is releasing a book true. on the Texas yeah. Dogman Triangle and then pre-orders for that start next month by the way so get your copy. pre-orders in. Yeah. That's right. Um we're actually thanked in the um, in the foreword. Really? I didn't know that. In that book. So, yeah. Yep. Well, thanks for leaving me out of shit. <laughs> talk to people ryan hey listen hey <laughs> i feel like i'm running a listen. one-man show over there <laughs> <laughs> okay all right <laughs> if you like that joke go go check out the pre-show <laughs> where
0: yeah we discuss please. the
1: last week of fuckery that is something we should mention honestly yeah. we started a new thing this week on our patreon yeah, so we're doing a pre-show for every episode now. So if you go over to the Patreon, sub- like subscribe at any level, you'll get the right any level. Yeah, yeah, and you'll get a pre-show. It's like thirty. It's like a thirty to forty-five minute catch-up where we just talk about our, you know, how our weeks were, and it's a little more personal. Um, yeah, it's just a- to like get you, get you going, and let you in on our sort of our headspace before we record right? it's i episode. mean it's how
0: we it's how we do every episode regardless you know prepping just chatting getting getting warmed up and everything and then we yeah. decided why not just record this <laughs> because it yeah. makes so much sense and you know there, we have a lot of like gem worthy content yeah. that could be going into it so
1: yeah now it's a thing yeah Plus, it's really it's a chance for you to get to know Ryan and I away from the content of the show, right? It's just it's a little more personal, a chance to see the more personal side of of the two of us. Um, We talk about like movies and video games and whatever we were doing that week and how the research went and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, we we got to hear all about Jordan's
0: past, uh, his. Past week battling with sickness and, and all of that. Yeah. So Patreon.com, Campfire Tales is Strange and Unsettling. Join the Campfire Club. Check out the episodes. That's right. Yeah, and they will be released for every episode that we do. Uh, of yep. the normal show. Now Fireside Chat sets
1: there. Yeah. 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 I'm
0: just throwing it out there, you know.
1: <laughs> so yeah, this is uh probably the biggest triangle. Yeah. Oh, geographically a doubt. Speaking, yeah. Geographically speaking. Right? Mm-hmm it's gotta be it's yeah yeah, definitely bigger than the bermuda triangle bigger than the lake the lake michigan triangle is pretty huge the texas triangle is pretty big but i think the alaskan triangle is yeah and this is another
0: one where we have random vehicles random you know like whether we planes boats like things like that they just randomly vanish um which again i i think we'll we'll dive more into because i I love the idea of Alaska. And if I could just live vicariously through us doing episodes about it, <laughs> I think <laughs> right. that'll, uh, I think that'll, that'll, you know, cure my itch at least, maybe. So, did you watch The Fourth Kind? Oh, yeah. I've watched it several times. Yeah. I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, you know, it, it got a lot of shit, unfortunately. Um, especially the backlash that, you know, that the people of Gnome caused, which, I mean, yeah, yeah they like it as soon as as soon as universal started
1: posting about it it was instantly viral and then was the whole was the whole issue that they tried to position it like a sort of a found footage real life documentary style thing well it
0: wasn't even that it was more so they were saying that these cases and they were using real life gnome disappearance cases
1: okay and they're just and, adding details right and stuff. yeah
0: and then falsifying okay. them and then like the friends and family of the people that were actually involved you know of course took that to heart i mean it, it would be yeah, hard Like, no, to No, this yeah. is bullshit exactly yeah and so i mean and it caused this like big thing where universal eventually like came back and said hey you know we're sorry this was this was you know basically just advertising for this new movie that takes place in gnome yeah you know we're using these disappearances as a way of like using this to, because i mean as we talk about alaska we talk about the alaskan triangle it is again a hot spot it's notorious for ufo activity and it's a yep. major ufo activity and a lot of alien abduction cases have taken place there i mean you just I like look up alaskan alien abduction and you will find thousands oh, of them um so many you know and so and that's what they that's what they did in the movie i i loved it i i thought it was extremely well done you know they use like side by side comparisons of quote unquote the real life case versus the uh, the movie one. and of course the the you know it's it's all false. It's all fake, like sure, you know, but it's done so well in my opinion. but a lot of people just didn't appreciate that.
1: I like that from what I saw, they responded really quickly to the backlash and they're like, this is what it, this right, is what yeah. it actually is like and they even donated to the fund to help find people yeah i mean they, they
0: made a large contribution like to the community
1: yeah.
0: you know just as a way to apologize to them for any like yeah you know any it was anything obviously that a they cost. right but like you know, you know, you know yeah. it's i doubt that they had planned on it like going viral so fast yeah yeah, yeah. it was a marketing ploy is what it was and you know and a, a it just hit it hit hard when it hit.
1: Yeah. Dude, missing persons cases are very sensitive. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Though. Like mm-hmm. it's even even compared to like murders. Because people people who have loved ones who lose loved ones to like homicide. Yeah. They at least have closure. Yeah, they know what happened. You know what I mean? I mean, there's yeah. there's and they're missing persons cases. And you never know whose mom still thinks they might be out there. Exactly, You know, is still up at night, leaving a light mm-hmm. on for them. Like that shit is very common with missing people. Yeah. And like to exploit that, I definitely understand why yeah. they got the I, backlash makes, they did. It makes perfect sense for sure. Um, you know, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Like,
0: again granted I, I i do enjoy the premise of the of the movie i i think it's a yeah. really cool way to put that into perspective obviously like that's that's how i want this to be i want these to all yeah. be alien abduction cases because i love that you know that that angle but you know of course like the people of the area you know which again there are a lot of people that do believe that and they believe that is exactly what's happening but yeah. you know of course you're gonna have non-believers that just want an actual like factual reason for what's happening and want you know want these people back want to find them and yeah you, know, you go at it like this and it's it's almost like yeah you know, it kind of turn it 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 makes light of the situation you know it's uh yeah like yep. it doesn't make it as, as serious i guess you know it, it's yeah. more so the better way to put it so
1: I mean, if you look at this from the perspective of like a no nonsense type person whose family member went missing, I could definitely yeah. see you being furious. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Agreed, without like, a doubt. Yeah. Little known fact: No, Alaska has one of the most active chapters of MUFON in the entire country. They report that's, like that's they awesome. they gather they gather more UFO sightings than they they have like one of the top numbers again of any of the MUFON groups. I mean. We're
0: the area, man. Talking yeah. talking about this Alaskan Triangle. It's where the I mean, so many, so many
1: UFO cases every single year, just from this area. You also, you were like you were talking about when we were talking about the northern lights and the light pollution that you have to deal with when you're trying to see, you know, celestial bodies yeah. from your house. That shit is not a problem oh, there. No. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like just a Huge unobstructed view of the of the Milky Way in this spot. That'd be so right, like, man! So imagine, like, imagine how how much more likely it would be to have UFO sightings, yes. right? With a with a sky like that hanging over you every single night, not just night, because there it's it's basically nighttime there for months mm-hmm. at a time. So yeah. they're they get a that big unobstructed night sky. You're like around the clock for months. See, and I, 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 it's such a cool concept to me,
0: but I, I know if like, if I were to go there, I would hate every second of it because
1: you think you'd get real sad.
0: I don't know if I get sad. I I would just get cold and I become (laughs) a pansy when I'm cold. (laughs) I
1: mean, a lot of people get seasonal depression, you of know, course, when they yeah. get, the sun goes down at like six PM and but like, imagine if it never went up. <laughs> I, I, I I think like
0: my my emotional well being thrives when it's like a nice dreary day. Yeah. I, it's just I love it. I love it more than a nice sunny day. Like if it's like kind of rainy, you know, it doesn't even have to be like overly rainy, just kind of overcast, perfect temperature outside. Sure. Yeah, that's when I feel that's when I that, feel the like, best.
1: That like Scottish Highlands weather oh, yes mm-hmm. yeah 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 I, I wonder if that's like that comes from growing up you know within the like sad boy subculture <laughs> <laughs> probably <laughs> yeah because it's just I I've always felt that way too yeah like I I love a good overcast sort of even like a, a nice light drizzle yeah perfect outside mm-hmm. you know it's gorgeous. Yeah. Yep. It's like perfect I like napping
0: weather, like perfect like yes. reading, just sitting and just chilling. Like yeah. Yep. Everything about it's um, perfect.
1: You have to admit though, when you have three or four days like that in a row and then you just have like a beautiful sixty degree and the sun is oh, out, yeah. that's it's, a nice feeling. Like, oh,
0: I kind of just want to enjoy yeah. this for a minute. You
1: that's know? a really good feeling. Yeah,
0: But then like, you know, two or three days of of the nice dreary, and then a nice, yeah, nice sunny day. Yeah. 65 to 75 at the highest
1: we yeah absolutely perfect <laughs> you don't get that out of Nome, alaska though it, it gets pretty nice in the summer honestly i was looking at the temperatures earlier yeah. during the story and like yeah in the summertime in for that like three to four month stretch it's you know you get a high of like 62 63 degrees i mean
0: shoot when i was in alaska it was like 80 degrees and they're like well it hasn't been like this in a long time (laughs) i'm like damn (laughs) it of course
1: i want to like (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah. because you like went out on a glacier and shit right oh i
0: mean that was that was the coldest part and then like a couple of the glaciers and you know it did it did like a helicopter kind of like thing on some glaciers and stuff and uh like the first one it was like it was hot i i I had to take off my jacket like i was sweating and the second one it was like 40 degrees and super windy Nice. and i loved it it was great good glacier weather and just get to like lay down and drink the glacier water and just
1: feel yeah one with everything could you like when you're standing on a glacier can you feel the cold coming from underneath you um i don't
0: i mean yeah yeah a little bit more so it's yeah. just it's in the area because i mean you're you're on a mountain you're you're yeah. you know so yeah it's a lot it's a lot it, it has a lot to do with more of the just the the wind and stuff like that pulling it up but uh, yeah you can you yeah. can feel a little bit of it underneath you especially i mean depending on how how kind of deep you go and there's a lot of like coves and holes and stuff that you can you can go in that uh, go into like these kind of underwater like uh, caves and stuff and that's where that's where it gets really cold around yeah. those and so
1: yeah i just wonder because when you're like standing on earth right you can sort of feel the warmth coming up yeah. out of the ground yeah, and i feel like that would be absent standing on a glacier yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm.
0: but yeah i i really liked uh, i really like this one i like diving into some of these just strange cases you know it helps yeah, to dude, kind of split was, this up this one was fun. split up some of the uh yeah, you know, some of the other the other types of episodes that we do which I think we're, you know, definitely heading more in that direction too, which is cool.
1: Agreed. It's, um, I love a good missing persons case and this was a bunch of them.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm
1: into that. (laughs) And summarized. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's going to do it for episode 96, Missing at the Edge of the World. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week, and it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every
0: one of you, so please come and check us out on all the socials. At campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at campfire.totsau on Twitter, And you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling.
1: And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at reverbnation.com slash reverent. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers, stay weird and trust in the unknown.